rolling. Rocking and rolling, rocking and reeling, bop around, bop bop. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 66 of the Guardian Project podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and uh, for anyone that ate a bean burrito lately, you are now the master of wins. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's pretty great. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Mike Coyle, and you know, this particular set we're going into, um, Zendikar, you know, it, it really gives me flashbacks back to college. I used to grab a bottle of wine, go out to my car, throw on some tunes, and just drink the whole thing. I call it my Zen in car Riesling. <laughs> Please listen carefully. Don't drink in your car. That's the PSA, though. Don't do it with keys in the ignition, and don't drive afterwards. Don't, yeah, just be responsible if you want your white Zin. That's right. What was it? White Zin? Was it church wine? It's just red wine that's what i call red wine red wine doesn't matter what wine. it is church wine yeah uh no it was, it was actually more of a moscato but you know Moscato's the best or i really like the carbonated wines but that's mm. just like i don't know the difference between carbonated wine and, and champagne champagne. <laughs> champagne has to be like from a certain yeah city it is it is it is from a specific location yeah but i still like me some tosty yeah yeah <laughs> You can't, you got to toast with Tosti. You have to toast with Tosti. So, um, oh, this is the podcast. <laughs> we talk about all things Magic Gathering. But mostly Commander. And before we start, we want to thank our patrons. We appreciate all of your support. We had some new folks join join the um, the support group this this one, month, week. The support group? Mm -hmm. the I Patreon. guess we're a support group. Yeah, we support, yeah, we support you. you. You support Su us. Yes, we appreciate it. So um, if you want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash guardian project pod. Um, you can donate at any dollar amount and we really appreciate that. And if you're looking for another way to support the podcast, really, really easy way you can do it. Whatever uh, you are listening to the podcast on or if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, if you could subscribe, follow, like, leave a comment, give us your feedback. That would be really appreciated and it helps us a lot. We also have a TCG player affiliate link located in the show notes below. So if you're looking to pick up any singles or sealed magic product, please use our affiliate link when you purchase them from TCG player. And we are also going to be doing our first giveaway. Um, we have lots of booster packs that we've opened. You, you've heard in previous previous episodes, we've opened a couple of really cool things. Uh, I believe there's actually a fabled passage sitting in, with one of those packs. I, I stare at I, it. I just want to put it in a deck. I want, I want it. <laughs> I want it. So we want to give it away. Um, so we will be doing that at the end of the month. Um, once we select the winner, we will send you a message um, directly on um, Patreon. Um, Coil, what is on the agenda this week? This week, we're going to talk about uh, Secret Lair Showcase Zendikar Revisited. So it's in the new Secret Lair that was released. Um, we are going to quickly touch on the uh, update to the Secret Lair April Fools. We are going to talk about the lore be behind each legendary from Zendikar Rising. And our main topic is we're going to talk about everything else Zendikar Rising that we didn't talk about last week. So we talked about all the legendary creatures, not counting the commander decks um, last week. So this week we're going to talk about everything else, um, some of our favorite cards that we're, we're going to see. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll go through some. Yeah. All mm. right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's jump to it. All 
right, so the first thing we're gonna talk about is the Secret Layer Showcase Zendikar Revisited. So this is a new secret layer that is, that is coming soon. Um, it is in just over a week. Um, so the announcement says, welcome back to Zendikar. We uh, are just as excited to be here as you are. So we wanted to do a little something special to celebrate. So they picked five big time Zendikar favorites that are going to get a new look with the new Zendikar Rising showcase art style. Um, so in this one, we have Admonition Angel, uh, Royal Elemental, Zillaport Cutthroat, Warren Instigator, and Avenger of Zendikar. Yeah. So there are, uh, I see here three pretty solid cards that, that folks use. Royal Elemental is probably the one that I see the least. Warren Instigator, really good in Goblin decks. If you want this, it's a solid pickup, uh, $29.99 for the non-foil, $39.99 for foil. Again, that comes out uh next week yeah. which is pretty cool i actually really like this one and i do like that zendikar rising um alternate frame the, the art style mm -hmm. yeah it's really cool yeah the avenger looks beautiful zillaport cutthroat is zillaport cutthroat that is played in if you are playing an aristocrats deck or a sacrifice any that that card is going to be the hot pickup from this and avenger of zendikar is just everywhere it's just a beautiful card too it looks so much like it's got that whole elemental feel to it that I feel like that card's always missed. So yeah, super sweet. I can't tell in the Royal Elemental card what the Royal is here. This um, just everything. Is it blue. just the is the blue stuff? Blue is just Royal. Warren Instigator, his tongue's hanging out. He's screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then Admonition Angel is actually, we're going to touch um, real briefly when we go through some cards on um, the new Zendikar Rising Commander Precons that are coming out as well. Admonition Angel is a card that's being reprinted in there. But now that we see it's in the secret layer as well, um, some folks might want to, you know, make a decision on which one they want to pick up. Um, both very, this new one's very cool. It's got the halo like around the around the eyes, mm -hmm. holding up a sword. It's really cool. Super, super cool artwork in these yeah, secret layers. So that is that again coming out next week, um, $29.99 or $39.99 for foils. And the other secret layer that Wizards of the Coast uh, made mention of this week is the update to the secret layer April Fool's Day. So um, as you know, one of the cards that was supposed to be printed in secret layer April Fool's Day was a foil squire. Um, however, Wizard of the Coast has ceased, uh, doing any business with the artist that did this Squire artwork. Uh, so instead this card was replaced by a white bordered Tybalt, the fiend blooded and foil, foil, white border, Tybalt, the fiend blooded with, with the foil stamp, the, the M15 card frame. And it is the first white bordered M15 card frame planeswalker yeah. in foil ever, ever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's uh it's actually like a more three quarter white border. Like the bottom edge is still black. Yeah, but the, then... the swoosh at the bottom is mm -hmm. not yeah, it's not it looks really cool. And if you play Tybalt the Fiend Blooded because you play it in meme decks or like we have our um Mono Red October we've mm -hmm. talked about on the podcast where we play at our LGS, which will hopefully be online. Maybe we can get a game or two in of just mono red. Um you're supposed to play Tybalt the Fiend Blooded. You must. It is a rule. And you must plus him every turn. <laughs> yes, unless you're going to win. I believe that's the option is you can do something else if you can win. And if you can ultimate him, you're allowed to do that as well. Yes, insurrection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, so they also released 
some lore behind each of the legendary creatures from Zendikar Rising. We will have a link to this in the show notes below. We just wanted to mention it if you were interested in finding out what uh, each creature is up to um, or or the scoop. Um, of course, I, I had to check out a couple. Zagreus, if you didn't know, is Drana's right-hand man. Mm. So that, that's really cool. Um, I guess the uh, Verizol, the split current, um, is is located near the tallest waterfall okay. in, in, in Zendikar. Mm-hmm. So um, it, he, Verizal is a massive twin mouth serpent that dwells in an aquatic cave behind that. So um, it effortlessly, effortlessly swims up and down the waterfall hunting at both. It's it just, it's really cool. It's just quick snippets. Each one is just like two paragraphs or one. Ashaya has mm-hmm. got one paragraph um we've seen ashaya obviously before right um i don't know how much we knew about it but um check it out if you were looking to find out what the scoop is with with each of these creatures it also includes the legendary creatures that are coming out with the uh zendikar rising commander precons yes like anawan the ruin thief who we've seen many times before as well I think it was actually only once. We've seen one time before as We've well. Seen, you may have played against the deck, so maybe you have seen it many times. So before we jump right into the, the Zendikar Rising cards from the actual booster packs, we did have um, some cards get previewed for the Zendikar Rising commander decks. So um, if you are looking for elementals or you're looking for rogues, they got you. That's right. There was some uh, pretty cool stuff. You know, there was a little bit of worry at least in my mind, when uh, Wizards of the Coast said there's only going to be three new cards per set. And I thought that meant that all the other cards were coming from the Zendikar Rising set. Not the case, which is actually kind of cool. We got some pretty cool reprints, but um, some of the new cards. So we have we have two decks. Lands Wrath is the uh, Naya Lands Matter deck uh, helmed by Obun, Moldiah Ancestor. And uh, I know, Andy, there is a Geode Rager that is being printed in here. A six mana, four, three elemental with first strike and uh, landfall that says whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, goad each creature target player controls. Yeah, so I don't even have to swing then. I play Marisi Breaker of the Coil. Um, this will be an, a card that I include. I pretty much include all the goad cards anyway. Um, but this one is a solid because I don't actually have to do anything. That's right. Hold on. Let me just play a land real quick. Your creatures are goaded. I don't have to swing with Marisi. Perfect. You play a evolving wilds and now two people's creatures are goaded. Wonderful. That is actually pretty great. I feel like this card is, I, I feel like goad's an underrated mechanic. So this mm-hmm. is a pretty cool pickup right now. It's listed, um, based on, on, um, MTG goldfish for around 10 bucks. But I would expect that these are three new cards that are only coming out in this, and those cards usually mm-hmm. stay stay around that. Another card in that set is Trove Warden in that same deck. It is a 3-4 Cat Beast with Vigilance for two and white-white, um, and it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield, you can exile target card with CMC three or less from your graveyard. And then when Trove Warden dies, um, put each permanent card exiled with it onto the battlefield under its owner's control. So that's actually pretty great um you can bring some stuff back situational absolutely but um it's pretty cool and it's cat so it, it works with cat tribal yeah and it, and it is permanent card with cmc three or less so you can grab lands and yep. stuff that you want uh, obviously you're in a landfall deck if you're playing trove warden mm, i guess most likely um so yeah you can uh, pull all your lands out of your graveyard yeah i guess the last i guess we should talk about the actual commander we can Moldiah ancestor so it's one and then naya so red green white for a three three 
Elf Spirit at the beginning of combat on your turn up to one land you control becomes an XX Elemental with Trample with Haste until end of turn um, where X is Oban's power and then it's still a land and then it has Landfall when a land enters you put a plus one plus one counter on the creature so um, on combat the first time it's three and then if you can just make a bunch of land come in it could be a big old Elemental um, there's a lot of discussion online on whether or not this this card is better than playing an on that deck but it plays where you're animating lands feels very Similar to what Noyan Dar does, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're adding red and green and taking out the blue. Right. So it's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it seems seems, seems a little risky. You know, a lot, a lot of people don't like animating their lands, but uh, you do get to work. play. You do get to play Sacred Ground, and you do get to play. Um, oh my gosh, the other one. So lands are indestructible, and then the other one is when lands are put into the graveyard from an effect your opponent controls, put it back into play. Mm. So they're both in white, so it still works out that you've got the protection. So it's it's pretty cool. For sure, for sure. And then uh, the other commander pre-con uh, is called Sneak Attack, and this one is helmed by Anwan the Ruin Thief, or Anawan. Uh, so it's a four CMC, uh, two, a blue, and a black, and you get a two, four vampire rogue. It says other rogues you control get plus one, plus one. So we have a legendary uh, rogues matter um, uh, anthem for rogues. Um, but he also has an extra ability. It says whenever one or more rogues you control deal combat damage to a player, that player mills a card for each one damage dealt to them. If the player mills at least one creature card this way, you draw a card. So it's it's not only is it black blue mill, but it's black blue rogues matter. Uh, it has draw built into it. It has an anthem built into it. And they've got um, prowl cards that they reprinted and uh, one new prowl card that they printed. Um, so I'm, I was actually really excited to see, uh, the reprint of, um, I can't think of the name of the <laughs> sorcery right now that gives you an extra turn. Oh, Notorious Throng. Notorious Throng. Um, so yeah, Notorious Throng being an extra turn card, uh, with Prowl, you have to deal damage, uh, with a rogue in order to cast it. And then you also get a number of one, one flying, uh, fairy rogues equal to the number of damage that you dealt this turn. Yeah, the next card that, that that's new here is Enigma Thief. It's a Sphinx Rogue. It's a 5-5 five, five, uh, flyer for 7, 5-blue-blue. Uh, or it has Prowl, so you can pay 3 and a blue if you dealt damage with the Rogue in that same turn. Uh, when Enigma Thief enters the battlefield for each opponent, return up to one non-land permanent they control to their hand. So a 5-5 five, five flyer for 4 if you're already in a Rogue deck is solid, and you get to return one permanent uh, each of your opponent's controls. That is a win in my book. Probably the first time we saw a Sphinx Rogue get printed as well. Sphinx Rogue. Uh, and the other uh, new card from the Commander decks is Whisper Steel Dagger. So for two and a black, you get an artifact equipment. It says equipped creature gets plus two plus oh. Whenever the equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may cast a creature spell from that player's graveyard this turn, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell with an equip of three. So you're playing a Demir mill deck. You're going to be milling your opponent. Hopefully they mill some good creatures and then you can reanimate them and grab their consecrated Sphinx and laugh. If you're playing the the any deck that has black that is playing with equipments or cares about equipments, this is solid. The number of or maybe not even the number of the abundance of decks that are playing with their graveyard. You just take the card that they wanted because they couldn't reanimate it on that turn and you did it a turn before them. It's just do it this card will be good absolutely that's that's what i'm saying this card will be good fight me good card come <laughs> at me don't fight my creatures because i don't want you to reanimate <laughs> <laughs> so everything else from zendikar rising we are going to talk about our favorites 
things that we want for specific commander decks. Um, and there's a couple of cycles we wanted to talk about. The first one we were going to talk about is the mythic land slash sorcery, the, the modal cards. Mm -hmm. So we've got one in white, blue, black, red, green. So it comes in as a land that you can have come in untapped if you pay three life, or it has a spell on the other side. Um, Coyle did not share his notes with me on this because he says, I have words. I have words. I have many words on these. So I'll let you go ahead and start. Sure. Tell us your words. My words are, if you don't have things that reduce the cost of instants and sorceries, I hate all of these. Like, I honestly hate all of them. Really? Yes. Even Agadim's Awakening, which can technically be a win con. So Agadim's Awakening is the black sorcery. It says return from your graveyard to the battlefield. Any number of target creature cards that each have a different converted mana cost X or less. And the spell costs X black, black, black. I just feel like there are so many more efficient ways to do what these cards want to do. And I understand the mana cost is there because it is a modal spell. I mean, because it can come in as a land as well. But I honestly like the modal cards that are not printed at Mythic much more than these particular uh, modal cards. Oh, well, I feel the opposite and I actually love them. Okay. Um, so it gives you a land as an option if you need it. If you don't need it, um, it's commander. You have a ton of mana anyway, so don't worry about spending that mana or being, um, or in my opinion, playing the most optimal play here. Sure. Um, Agadim's Awakening is only black, 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 and then X. Um, in black, you're probably going to have a lot more mana than that pretty easily. Um, Shatter Skull Smashing, the red one, has red, red, and X. You deal X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, it deals twice X to them as as um, instead. I mean, that, that only costs three, four mana, so this one is extremely, like, mana affordable i mean it's it's pretty good for for spells that do a similar thing and if you need land early you have it if you need to untap what's three life and commander um that's very that's, true that's my opinion here but um seagate restoration for seven that's a little expensive sure that one is expensive but you're drawing cards the number of cards in your hand and then you have no max hand size for the rest of the game mm -hmm. i do in my opinion the white one is by far the least effective in commander you're making mm. two one one or two four four angel warriors with flying and then your creatures are indestructible till next turn right i'm not sure where that belongs but you have an option i guess if you're already playing i mean if you open this and you're playing a deck that has lands that are already coming in tapped and you don't really care about two colors mm -hmm. yes i'd throw this in yeah maybe it's a token creation maybe you throw it in risk the redeemed or something so that you can get some extra angels because it does make two of them and your creatures are indestructible till next turn i mean i think they all have definitely effective abilities um the one that i'm i'm not seeing um is the the benefit of of the green one um it's seeing the highest price of all of them um the so and that's and this is i guess one of the roots as well when i talk about i think there's just more efficient cards because when i just look at genesis hydra which is x green and you look at the top x cards of your library and you put a creature with cmc x or less on there the one thing that turn timbers symbiosis gets you is it can be any creature so you can grab i mean you can if you if you turn well, it has to have cmc three or less if it's cmc three or less it gets three additional plus one plus oh one i counters. guess okay so you, if you find emrakul you get an emrakul you don't cast the emrakul you just get the emrakul but when you're talking about genesis hydra if you let's say the same amount of mana so seven seven mana into a genesis hydra so and get eight. x equals six well i'm saying if you pay the exact same amount of mana 
you get X equals six on a Genesis Hydra and you get to look at the top six and look for a creature with six CMC or less and put it on the battlefield. You also have a six, six generate uh, Genesis Hydra. This is not a creature, but again, I understand the cost of these cards is there because of their modal abilities to be a land. And maybe I'm overlooking just how good that is. But at the same time, I have a couple more cards I want to talk about that are modal to lands that I think are much more efficient. Well, I've seen a lot of discussion. So today's the early access streamer event. We're Mm -hmm. going to be playing a draft after we uh, record the podcast today. And um, there have been a lot of comments on Twitter that are like, I thought the modal cards would be good. They're even better than I initially thought. Interesting. And I've seen a couple of builds and non-commander builds, Mm -hmm. um, but standard with no lands because you have the front face of the card be the spell and then you just play it as a land. So it's the first time you've really been able to play a no land deck, but still have 30 lands. Interesting. Because you're playing creatures with lands and Mm -hmm. spells with lands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're all coming in tap, but I guess, you know, you got to try it out. For sure. You got to try it out. So that is the first cycle um, of cards. The the second one is an unfinished cycle. So this is the uh, inscriptions. Right. So, yeah. So the inscriptions, they only printed the uh, black, blue, and green inscriptions. And actually... um, Mark Rosewater answered the question about why did they not print the white and red ones? And they said, well, for lack of a better term, it was underwhelming. These cards, they weren't very great. They weren't exciting. So they decided to just leave them out. Mm -hmm. So these cards have um, you can choose one or if you kicked it, you can choose any number instead. So Mm -hmm. um, for the blue you kick it and it has uh, return two target creatures to their owner's hand, scry two, draw two, and target player creates an XX blue illusion where X is the number of cards in their hand. Um, you do all of that for eight mana or you just choose one of those for four. Is it great? I mean, it, I like modal spells. Having options is pretty cool. And eight mana is not unheard of in Commander. If you're playing blue green, you can have eight mana real fast. Right. So. An inscription of ruin is the black one. So for two and a black, or you can kick it for two black, black. And when I say, or I mean, in addition to it, you can kick it for two mm-hmm. black, black, um, you get target opponent discards, two cards, return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, destroy target creature with converted mana cost three or less. Honestly, I think this particular spell is much better suited for standard than it would be for commander, you know, converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It's useful in aristocrat decks, getting your Viserysir back or something, your sack Viserysir. outlet. <laughs> but but making it a making one single opponent discard two cards uh, and destroying target creature with converted mana cost three or less, I think is pretty underwhelming in the commander environment. But in standard, I can see that card being really, really good. Yeah. And then the green one is inscription of abundance, one and a green, and it has kicker two and a green. So you can pay two for one or five for all. Um, you can put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Uh, or target player gains X life where X is the greatest power among creatures they control or target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. I like the last one. Fight abilities are great. Mm-hmm. Um, I would play this card um, if I was playing a deck that fights. So I have a Tolzemir friend to elves. Nope. He is an elf. He's a friend of wolves. I, I assume he's also a friend to elves. Nope. He hates all elves. hates elves. Yeah. He's <laughs> only friends with wolves. Uh, Tolzemir, this will definitely go in that deck because it is a fight deck and... Uh, I have a tendency to lean heavily into one theme. Fight. Is there anything else I can do in this deck? Fight? 
Okay, cool. Can you gain life? Yeah. No. Fight. Well, hey, There's now, only fight. now you can gain life if you pay the full mana into Inscription of Abundance. Honestly, I feel like this, this card does everything that I need in that deck, though, because I'm putting counters on a wolf to make it bigger. I make the wolf fight and I gain life. And this is this is the <laughs> most affordable CMC-wise. Five CMC to get the entire thing. And it's if, if it said five CMC put two and, and then just had those three things listed. Yeah, this is a great it's a great card. Right. Yeah. So now we've picked a few of our favorites that we're excited to test out in some of our decks. So the first one that I picked here is Leyline Tyrant. It's a 4-4 flying dragon for two and red red. It says you don't lose unspent red mana as steps and phases end. And when Leyline Tyrant dies, you may pay any amount of red. And when you do, it deals that much damage to any target. This is crazy. I love it. This is such a crazy card. It's it's so reminiscent of Omnath yeah. um, that the original Omnath that essentially has the exact same language, but for red or I'm sorry, for green, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't obviously have a, um, a bomb when it dies. It just I'll just blow you up instead. Yeah, this is that's what makes this card so ridiculous. <laughs> Omnath and Crufix are two cards that you get to keep all your mana. Crufix, it converts to colorless, which is a downside. But this is the only one where it's like there's a there there isn't a downside when it dies like oh i lose my 20 red mana i've been floating i guess i'll just do 20 to your face for killing my creature <laughs> so yeah yeah it's very reminiscent of of omnath locus of mana so that is it doesn't you don't lose um green mana as your pool empty uh or i'm sorry as phases end and then it gets plus one plus one for each green mana in your mana pool so you just get a big guy there this one uh, instead of instead of trading for the uh the, the body, it's it's just storing it to, to blow up at the end. Mm -hmm. um, although in red, I feel like red has a ton of X spells, so you, you're probably going to pay a lot into that. Mm -hmm. So you might not have that much mana left. So you have to be uh, you have to be cognizant of whether or not you're going to use an instant or if you need to fair use it, it immediately. I was thinking of like mono red commanders that would really love this. And uh, actually the new Perforos bronze blooded is this. This card is absolutely amazing in because you can sneak creatures out on your opponent's turn and the red mana doesn't go away. Um, and then um, uh, Neheb the eternal where you get uh, extra extra red mana. If you don't spend all of your red mana in the second main phase, it carries over to the next turn, getting ready for a giant fireball three turns from now or something. Yeah, I built I built Sethron uh Herloon General. So this this is very good, although that is specifically um Minotaur Tribal, but mm -hmm. I'm playing the uh have the Eternal in that deck. I also um am, you know, trying to figure out whether or not Leyline Tyrant wants to be in um the Locust God mm -hmm. just because I could I could really use the red mana. For sure. Being held over turn after turn because uh, the Locust God seems to die often. Yeah. You know, and I would just like to have some extra red mana to play it again from mm -hmm. my hand. So that is, that's the first card I'm really excited for. I think this card fits into, if you're playing red, it fits. And that that's probably one of the reasons why this, this card is going to be extremely popular. For sure. Um, it has a, a very pushed ability here, which is great. And um, it is a flying four, four, for four. Do you play dragons? You should play this dragon. Uh-oh. How about this drag? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are also, I guess, reanimating creatures, this is another cool one to have. You're like, you know what? We're going to try it again. Yeah. We're going to keep this ticking time bomb mm -hmm. for another turn. Man. 
Okay, so the next card, my first pick, and I know a lot of people have been talking about this one, so we're going to talk about it too. It's Angel of Destiny. So Angel of Destiny is a 5 CMC, so 3, a white, white, and you get a 2-6 Angel Cleric. It has flying and double strike. This is whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each gain that much life. So you do actually, by the way, deal the damage and then they gain the life. So if you kill them by dealing the damage, well, they don't gain any life because they're dead. Um, it also has an extra ability. It says at the beginning of your end step, if you have at least 15 life more than your starting life total, each player Angel of Destiny attack this turn loses the game. So we have another mono white uh alternate win condition really it's like an Love alternate it. lose condition you yes take one player out at a time um but yeah so uh, apparently apparently yeah. there are mono white players out there that asked for alternate win cons that weren't at your upkeep triggers and so this isn't at your end step trigger with angel of destiny you know judge anthony was chatting with us mm -hmm. in the discord and he had mentioned that the reason why he really one of the reasons he enjoyed this card was because it wasn't a the game now ends because I won. It's like this one person loses. We're going to continue mm -hmm. to, to play now. And I, I didn't just end everything. Right. And it doesn't work with what I'm going to I'm going to refer. I can't not call mm. it sort of the myriad now. That's right. It's because <laughs> that's what of, it is. The blade of cells. If you were thinking it worked that way, it does, in fact, not work that way. So I feel like I started to set that up as in it does not not sorry to get your way. hopes up you do get to time. you do get to hit people but yes. those tokens won't exist when you go to your end step and it doesn't it's only based on the one specific angel of destiny that hits someone right but on the other hand if you're playing a boros angels tribal like aurelia the war leader and you can take extra combats in one turn you can make all three people lose the game in the same turn that's cool and that is what I would honestly recommend you do with Angel of Destiny. Um, that seems like a fun deck. And that's no one's going to be upset when they get hit by a 2-6. And, and then you have until the end step to... I mean, you can remove it still. For I sure. Mean, it's not like... Now, you just you, have to do it a little sooner than their upkeep. <laughs> and you can even make Angel of Destiny really, really big if really all you want to do is gain life. Uh, it does have double strike and you'll gain life every time it deals damage. So on first strike and then on the normal strike not you can put it in a loro you can put it in a loro and, and then just wait yeah that's all you gotta do just wait a little while <laughs> just attack once give it give it lifelink and then start swinging double strike that's four life you Aloro might as well just start two. taking extra turns then too or just do it a loro could do that yeah it's got blue you might as well asper asper dreams you could take an extra turn in black you mm -hmm. can take extra many extra turns in blue mm -hmm. and then just Win only off Angel of Destiny and not the fact that you played extra turn spells yes. with a Loro. Now, you can also, in, in Boros, play cards like Final Fortune mm -hmm. uh, that give you an extra turn, but you lose at the next end step. Chance of chance for glory. Chance, chance of glory. Chance for glory. Chance for glory. It gives everything indestructible when you cast it, and then you get the extra turn. Um, and so, yeah, so you can, play, you can play cards like that. Obviously, all the extra combat step uh, cards in red. Uh, you can play with Angel of Destiny to make it go from good to great if you wanted to play in mardu you could try that standard combo that there was at one point with lich's mastery then oh, you can't yeah. lose the game it's true <laughs> i saw that deck being played once and i said what is happening here oh 
Oh, they just played six chants for glories because they kept recycling them and Lich's mastery made it so they never, ever lost. Mm -hmm. Gross. Pretty awesome. (laughs) So the next card that I really, I like, I I think that these cards, it's it's the clone. It's a very good clone, but it's a glass pool mimic and it is a shapeshifter rogue that uh, costs two and a blue. You may have glass pool mimic enter the battlefield as a copy of target creature you control, except it's a shapeshifter rogue in addition to its other types. And it has uh, on the other side, um, it is a modal spell, uh, blue, blue mana. So it enters the battlefield tapped and it will tap for one blue glass pool shore. So, um, I'm a huge fan of clones. Mm -hmm. I, it is one that you control. So they, they made it so it can't just be anything. It is not a um, phantasmal image. It's not phantasmal image. What's the other blue one I'm thinking of from the cons block? Ugh, I can't remember the name now. Um, I'm sorry. Yep. Nope. Coral is didn't it play. Clone? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, but. I, I think I think the card this what really draws me to this card is the fact that it is three CMC. It's two and a blue to cast this, and uh, obviously it doesn't it doesn't copy any permanent and only copies a creature. Um, but it, modal that it goes to a land as well for early game. But three CMC is very well costed for a clone spell. So actually, I really really enjoy that. And um, the other thing is it's also a rogue in case you are playing rogue matters. And uh, you can copy something that isn't a rogue and make it a rogue. And then maybe you can get your prowl trigger or something for instant sorcery. The card I'm thinking of is Clever Impersonator. Ah, It was printed in another commander deck as well, but it came out in in Cons of Tarkir. So that has, it can enter the battlefield as a copy of any non-land permanent Mm -hmm. for four. But this one costs three. Can be a land if you need it early. Mm -hmm. So it definitely has its own benefits. For sure. But um and, and a vizier of many faces from vizier of many faces is for cmc but that's also any permanent and it has embalm that does have embalm so um i i will play this i think um you know there's been a lot of discussion on whether or not people are going to remove lands to put in these dual faced modal spells mm-hmm. um if you're only doing a couple i don't think it hurts no i don't think it all. does and you know, recently I, I finally put together my uh, my mono green Yeva deck and and put it on Architect, and I realized I run twenty seven lands, and it wins a whole lot. <laughs> it's uh, maybe people don't need as many lands as they think, or maybe that deck's a little overpowered for the pods it's playing. <laughs> that that the deck does play a lot of mana doublers, which is how it gets there. True, without the lands, but. Yeah. No, I think sorry to uh to to sidetrack onto green when we're talking about a mono blue card. But no, this this card really is um it's gonna be it's gonna be a good play card. I really like rogues as well. I mean, so for the longest time, Sig River Cutthroat was just the main rogue card that people were playing. Mm-hmm. It's it looks like we've got a couple of options in this set. Obviously, we talked about Zareth Zareth San, um, mm-hmm. which is it doesn't actually have um ninjutsu right because it has to be from your hand right um but we have anawan you know in the pre-con but you can right but you can still play that as your commander if you want it's fine you can you've got blue so you can return things to your hand very easily and 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 as we mentioned last week it also has flash so that we can actually get it out on our opponent's turn still so that you know a little bit of protection right so 
that's cool. <laughs> and the next card. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, the next card is actually a common card that we're going to talk about. And it is called Feed the Swarm. So Feed the Swarm is a mono black sorcery. So for one and a black, you have destroy target creature or enchantment an opponent controls. You lose life equal to that permanence converted mana cost. They printed mono black target enchantment removal. They're not supposed to do that. <laughs> kind of breaks the color pie a bit. It does have the you lose life equal to the permanence converted mana cost. And I do think the identity of black has now become it can literally do anything as long as you pay life in order to do it. And this card really is embodying that now. Um, so, you know, when you're playing your mono black reanimator deck and someone drops a rest in peace down, your only answers for this before was like meteor golem or spine of Isha, or, um, there's a, a sorcery they printed in pre-con that made it. So target player sacrifices a creature or enchantment. If they have a creature, they're going to protect their enchantment. You can finally have a card that targets and removes this enchantment. I think this card might even have implications outside of commander. Um, you know, in modern, you have the ley lines. In popper, this is for sure because it's a common, right? Um, but even you know, in modern, people want to play like the force of vigor. If you if you have green available to you in order to remove uh, something like the uh, the black ley line, the ley line of the void to prevent you from going into your graveyard. But if you're not playing green, you now have the option to run um, feed the swarm in your sideboard. It is sorcery speed, so maybe it's not the greatest for modern, but um, for commander this card is it, it couldn't couldn't be better could be, is this an auto include in every black deck it's not every black deck if you're not trying to interact with your opponents if you if you're playing a reanimator deck i think this has to be included um because when someone drops uh, again a, a a rest in peace your whole Who would method, do that you <laughs> <laughs> Your whole your whole scheme gets messed up by that, and you're still holding a demonic tutor in your hand. And it maybe it's not going to feel good to demonic tutor for a two CMC sorcery common, but it's going to when you get to play the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, and it is. I enjoyed making it so that you couldn't get those cards back. And I'm but it's fair because I can now try to bring my own enchantment back. It's, I might it's have, true. I might have a way to do it. I'm not 100 percent sure mm -hmm. in the in my Lavinia Azorius Renegade deck that um I might probably doesn't actually have mm -hmm. a way to get it back. So the got to get me before I get you. The only uh, uh, extra good thing that I want to talk about that a lot of people aren't mentioning is you do also get can destroy a creature and you lose life equal to the converted mana cost of the creature. So in this particular set, people are going to be reanimating or going to be animating their lands. And as long as the land isn't one of those modal lands, the converted mana cost is going to be zero. So you can have zero life, destroy someone's living land. You can destroy people's giant tokens. Um, if someone plays a desolation twin and they get the 10, 10 token, you can destroy it, not take any, any damage, uh, any, have to pay any life and defeat the swarm. Speaking of lands, mm. my next card is Valakut exploration. I'm on a red kick apparently tonight. I didn't, you know, it's so, so funny. I was randomly just looking at cards and it had, I didn't even go down the list on like mythic spoiler or anything. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, or on scryfall. I just, I just found this and uh, it's my third red card, I guess. So mm -hmm. this is an enchantment that has landfall whenever a land enters the the battlefield under your control exile the top card of your library you may play the top card 
or you may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. The enchantment costs two in red, so three, really low CMC. And then <clears throat> at the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with, with Valleycut Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard, and then um, Valleycut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. So in my landfall decks, I, I realize I have two. I mean, I do have Omnath, Locus of Rage, and I have a Lord Windgrace deck. The Lord Windgrace deck is just a pre-con upgrade, although... <clears throat> I did make a decent amount of of, of changes, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like I'm not playing it optimally. Not 100%. N- no. I mean, I don't even know if I'm like, I might be at like 65%. So do you even run a demonic tutor in there? No. Yeah. So yeah, you're no, good. No, I'm just, I'm, if, it, if it hits my hand, cool. Yeah. If it doesn't, I've got a glacial chasm to hopefully just <laughs> wait for the next 50 stall, turns. Stall, 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 um, stall. So, so if you play Valakut Exploration and then you have maybe a scape shift mm-hmm. and then you also bring them all back with splendid reclamation afterwards mm-hmm. you could potentially exile up to like 30 or 40 cards and then you just throw them in your graveyard and you win the game for sure and this is super easy to do in omnath and lord Windcrace. i mean you accidentally look at the deck and you played six lands in turn. Oops. Oops, I played six lands. And then maybe one of those lands, or, may, or I'm sorry, one of those cards that got exiled is Scape Shift. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, let me just real quick Scape Shift for 10. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to exile 10 more. And then maybe play a land because it doesn't say you can cast them. It does say you can play them. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. didn't play a land drop, you can get it from... A- this card, it, it does everything that I really wanted. It's really cool. If it goes off, it goes off. If it doesn't do anything, it might not. But it's just landfall. Mm-hmm. So red card, you know, red is missing card advantage in, in many instances. This is definitely card advantage. Yeah. And in, in, red. in fact, they they did kind of a standard combo uh, by also printing the sorcery Nahiri's lithoforming. So that's for X red red. You sacrifice X lands and for each land sacrifice this way, draw a card and you may play X additional lands this turn lands you control into the battlefield tap this turn. So that part's you know, a little bit underwhelming, but it's a uh, it's a pseudo scape shift in a way. You know, scape shift is a much more efficient way to do it, but this is a mono red way to do it. Mm-hmm. I was just looking to see because I, I I couldn't remember what Nahiri's other card that that did land things, but mm. it, it wasn't really land things. This was Nahiri's Wrath. Mm. That's just actually it's actually just discard. It doesn't really do a whole lot with this because it deals damage equal to the CMC of the discarded cards. So it does nothing like this no. from Eldritch Moon. And for some <laughs> reason, I thought it did. And it doesn't. So moving along. <laughs> so um, the next card that I want to talk about is uh, it's another black card. Surprise, surprise. I want to talk about the black cards. Um, so this one is actually an uncommon. And this is another one of these modal cards we're talking about. And this is Malakir Rebirth. So for one black, you get an instant that says choose target creature. You lose two life until end of turn. That creature gains when this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. And the other side is a land that enters the battlefield tapped that will tap for a black. And so they they do print this card, this type of card in a lot of different sets, a one black CMC instant that kind of protects a creature that you have. And so you might be wondering, why is this one? one of my favorite cards versus and I've never mentioned any of the other ones in previous sets. And that is because of its modal ability. This card is a dead card in my hand. If it doesn't have that modal ability, I would say probably eight times out of 10. It's I I already have reanimation spells and stuff, so I don't really 
you know, sometimes I'm killing my own creature and all that. And I just really like the fact that this is a modal card and it still costs the same amount of mana. You do have to pay two life. And I think that's the only drawback is paying two life versus uh, some of the other ones. Like there's one CMC black spells that give a creature undying until end of turn, which will save it. Sure, it comes in with a plus one, plus one counter. It's usually not very relevant. Um, so it's just the fact that this is a modal card i will be playing it and the the important thing about the modal cards remember is they do technically have a front face you can only tutor for whatever front faces that you decided to be so on on these if you're not playing with the with the uh helper card or it's not a checklist anymore i believe it's just called a helper card here mm -hmm. you you have to write malakir rebirth and then the land would be on the bottom so if it says like if an opponent played field of rune and destroyed something well, I guess it's not a basic anyway, but you True. wouldn't, if someone told you to go or you were able to go search for a land, mm -hmm. um, you can't go grab it because it's not a land, right. but it is if you decide to play it as a land. Um, but it does not consider both sides either, but this um, like CMC wise. So this card would, would, if you have the land, it's zero. If you have the spell, it's one, right? It's not one at all times, like previous flip okay, cards that, okay, could, that, okay. that consider the front and the back face. Gotcha. So <clears throat> I was listening to a couple of podcasts, a couple, I was reading a couple of rules and they were like, this one's a little unique because these modal cards don't follow the same rule hmm. that the other ones did with the total CMC. So if you like flip one of the, like flip a werewolf, it has no CMC, but then it has the same CMC as the front. Hmm. These are not done gotcha. that way. Interesting. So, well, see, you know, the other thing is if you had... If you had Maliki Rebirth, but you had the land side as the front side mm -hmm. and someone thought seized you, they can't take this. Well, now you do have to play it with the front side as the front side. There is a front side and back side to the modal cards. So you have to play it as the front side front. So Maliki Rebirth is the front side of the card. You're correct. Yeah. So that, see, I knew that half and you knew the other half. <laughs> so together. <laughs> No, you're right. You because you can't tutor for this as a land. So this is the front side, and then the back side is the other. Yeah, and the so. way the way you can tell um, is so they have this little marker in the top left hand corner that's a triangle or a double triangle. Mm -hmm. The double triangle is the back side of the card. The single triangle is the front side of the card. The more you know, the more you know. Um, so I uh, apparently picked. <laughs> another red card mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so so um the next card that i chose here is uh tuck tuck rubble fort so i i picked this because i really like cards that have extra abilities that you can that you can actually use in commander um if you like haste well this is going to give you haste hmm. so um tuck tuck rubble fort is uh, a wall a zero three wall for two and a red um, that has defender reach and creatures you control have haste. That's pretty good. It's wonderful. I, I, it's like an enchantment, but you can block with it. That's true. so I'll play it because I'm already playing cards like fervor or I'm playing cards like anger that will go in the graveyard. This is, this is just another way to give my stuff haste and I need it a lot. Do you like this card more than crashing drawbridge? That's the white card, though, correct? Crash no, that's the colorless, colorless card from Throne of Eldraine. I'm thinking the one that gives creatures plus one plus oh when they're attacking. And that was from Core 21. Mm. Um, do I like this more than Crashing Drawbridge? So, but so Crashing Drawbridge costs one less, but you have to tap it to give all creatures you control haste. I don't. Okay. 
I like I I mean I would play them both in a deck if I really sure. needed haste. Especially if it's a walls deck or something. Yeah, they're both walls. Because you have to tap it though is the problem. Mm-hmm. This one is just you need it. You I got, got it. you. You got it. You want it. You got it. I want it. I got it. I want. It. I don't know all the lyrics of that song anymore. It's just something, and then I bought it. I want it. I need it. I got it. I bought it. Or something. No, like that's that. not the lyrics. But it is now though. Ariana Grande. Ariana. Ariana. Isn't it? I. Ariana? Does it matter? Air Jordan. Ariana. How, Ariana Grande. Grande. Ariana Small. Ariana Grande. Ariana Small Day. You can pronounce it however you want. Okay, so how do you how do you pronounce the? <laughs> okay, so let's go into this now. All right, tangent. Go. Okay, you sleep and you put your head on a pillow. Thank you. It's an eye. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. it is. And when and you're drinking a glass of milk. Okay, thank you. It's also an eye. All right, and you're gonna crack into your your um you're gonna crack it so you can cook it. It's a an egg. Okay, but it's called an egg. An egg. It's an egg. An egg? E-G? Egg? No, egg. Egg? You're going to egg somebody on? Yeah, I'm going to egg them on. Egg them on? <laughs> uh, it's it's that accent here. Okay, and well, when you go grocery shopping, you put all of your, your groceries in a... Cart. When you carry them out to your car. Bag? Okay, in a bag. A bag or a bag. I've heard bag actually a lot. <laughs> what, about, what about what's on top of your house that's covered in shingles? Okay, so I, I have to actively think to say roof, mm-hmm. but I say roof. Yeah, so my, my dad's family is from eastern Pennsylvania, and he taught me how to speak. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> and, it, and it's rough. Rough. According, yeah, it's a roof. It's a roof. A roof, yeah. You say rough? It's a roof. Yeah, you know, you get on top of the roof and... I need to get mine replaced. You Eventually, replace I mean, roof? well, they said, they said after I bought our house, it'd be a couple of years, mm-hmm. but, you know... It's been a couple. That's of the end of the digression there. <laughs> uh, digression. Uh, let's hastily get back to talking about magic. Absolutely. That was Tuck Tuck Rubble for it. And the next card we're going to talk about is our first blue card, actually. No, not our first blue card. Glass Pool Mimic was our first blue card. Our next blue card is Confounding Conundrum. So this is a two mana enchantment. So for one and a blue, you get an enchantment. This is one that enters the battlefield. Draw a card. It also has this other ability that says whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player had another land enter the battlefield under their control this turn, they return a land they control to its owner's hand. So this does not affect you. It only affects opponents. When it enters the battlefield, it draws a card and it makes it so someone can't actually like play a fetch land on their own turn and go fetch it without returning a land that they control to their hand. So it'll slow everyone down. You can still you know, wait till the next person's turn to crack your fetch, but it does slow people down who have multicolored decks. Um, the one part I really like about it, and again, this is more of a the spike in me, it being a two mana enchantment uh, that when it enters the battlefield, draws a card, makes it one, an amazing card for a Brago stacks deck so that you can keep blinking it and draw a card. Oh, okay. And the other one is, is since it is a two CMC enchantment, it is searchable in a Xur the Enchanter deck in case you do go up against someone that is a lands deck. Uh, I do think that like a a competitive EDH Xur the Enchanter, like if you're going to play Doomsday or whatever you want to do, um, this card is now going to be an auto-include because of how hard it shuts down the Gitrog monster. The Gitrog monster has always been a monster of the CEDH table. Whoa. Yeah. 
So it's it's kind of crazy, but I do really like this card. Um, yeah, I, I think I think people should be playing it in blink decks more than anything. Um, just it has the extra value of drawing a card when it enters and that's my favorite part about it honestly mm, wonderful yeah. well the last card i had to talk about isn't anything more than just um asking why 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 and it's a cargan war leader it's a three three human warrior for one a red and a white that gives other warriors plus one plus one my my question here is why did Najila need this Najila needs more power always needs more power. oh my goodness that's that's where i see this going and i'm gonna cry even harder when i sit down at a table with an agila deck although i do like lords so i i gotta you know i love it but i also hate it i mean maybe people are gonna play it in a warrior's tribal deck that isn't agila more fun Warriors. Morphon Warriors, That's, which probably includes one copy of Najila the Blade Blossom in the 99. But it's not a Najila. Just remove that Najila right. once. That's right. <laughs> hopefully. Exile it. <laughs> yes. And then hopefully they don't either pr- get it processed back mm-hmm. or. Or Fate Spinner or, it back. No, not Fate Spinner. It, uh, it's um, Fate Weaver, Dream Spinner. Nope. Nope. It's a. Uh, it's, uh, I played in my Eluna deck, and I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> well, while you look that up, we each picked our top card, though. So it's our top. It's our top card. It's our favorite card from the from from the set that we plan on playing in a commander deck. So it's not necessarily because it's just the most powerful card, or because we think you should all play it. Um, <clears throat> but these cards are just cards that we're really excited to play because it it does something that we we enjoy or or helps some strategy that we play. So uh, for me. I am going to choose Thieving Skydiver. Of course you will. So it is, it is my, my beautiful Merfolk Rogue for one and a blue. You get a 2-1 flying Merfolk Rogue that has Kicker X. Um, when Thieving Skydiver enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, gain control of target artifact with CMC X or less. Um, if that artifact is an equipment, attach it to Thieving Skydiver. Uh, X cannot be zero, specifically says X cannot be zero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um so yes, I would like to pay three to take your soul ring or pay three to take your mana crypt mm-hmm. or vault mm-hmm. or pay four for a grim monolith. I think that, that, you know, if you're playing a multiple color deck though, when you hit three, it's nice to take like um, a chromatic lantern. Yeah, it is. And this card is, I don't think it's overpowered. I think we're going to see a lot of it though. Mm-hmm. And um, it might make folks rethink keeping one land in a soul ring. Because that would be really sad if you get it stolen on before you get your third turn. That's true. Or potentially second turn. Mm-hmm. I know we've made uh, parallels from this card just in our side discussions. This card to uh, Dak Faden. Uh, yeah. Which Dak Faden requires red on top of it. And, you know, maybe it can do it multiple times, Dak Faden, but it's not guaranteed. Dak Faden's probably going to die. So Dak is usually, out. yeah, you, so you play Dak, mm-hmm. you take someone's soul ring. And then they kill your deck. That's correct. This is Thieving Skydiver comes in. You take their soul ring. You don't block with whatever they're trying to. Or I guess they can use a creature removal to remove this. But the soul ring was stolen. And it's not until this leaves the battlefield. It's just it's mine now. Mm-hmm. I will have this, please. Mm-hmm. And um, 
if you're conveniently playing against an equipment deck, I guess you get to you can steal an equipment and attach it right to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Helm of the Host, not going to do a ton, but a 2-1 flyer on every combat just because it already equipped it, I'm not going to complain. Right, and a flyer that's getting in, if you're going to steal someone's sword or something, sword of feast, free sword of feast and famine, please and thank you. Please and thank you. So um, this is my favorite card. I think I, I, I would believe that when we circle back to cards um in a couple of months Mm -hmm. um or or next year when we look at cards that have made the most impact from the set i i would i would believe that thieving skydiver will make it to the top 10 and i know you've told me that um you've seen some discussions in um some discussions around like some cedh circles and stuff that that talk about how this card may end up being a cedh staple yeah. Um, and the one thing that it really has going for it is the fact that it is a creature and a lot of the counter spells and stuff that you see being played in CDH are uh, targeting non-creature spells. So your force of negations and uh, pact of negation, um, swan song, you know, none of these cards hit creatures and this is a creature. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But in regular commander, I could use some ramp in a in a blue deck. So for I, sure, I'll just... I think in most cases it's going to take uh, um, a rock. That's what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do you think in the uh, current COVID world where we're playing webcam magic that this card is going to be underplayed because of that? You know, I think I think a lot of people have caught on to infinite tokens, mm-hmm. and some folks that are patrons of ours have received copies of our tokens. True. Um, they um i i will be playing this because i can easily draw a copy i can draw a circle for the soul ring I'm that's gonna take. true you can do that so um i don't think so i would personally not um be upset if someone wanted to play this it's difficult to play the ones where it's like see you know you only are the person who gets to look at the top of someone's mm-hmm, library and mm-hmm. th- this is just we all know it's there just you turn it face down or just take it off your board for now and then when i lose it i will make sure i tell you to put it in your graveyard right and and as we mentioned you know this isn't something that you can just like blink a bunch of times and steal a bunch of stuff like an agent of treachery right Right. So you can only do it once unless you can, you know, return it to your hand, play it again. This is a card that I would love to play in my Jorian deck because I have a lot of ways to return creatures back to my hand. So, you, so I can get so it multiple you kick times. It, and then you steal Soul Ring and then you use the um, rogue ninjutsu and return it back to your hand mm-hmm. and then play it again and steal the other thing. And that's a, actually a really good point. Ninjutsu is a really, really good point for this. So this is going to go in. Um, it can go in Zerathan or Eureka. Yeah. Wow. No, this is that's it's it, it just keeps going up and up and up in the list. <laughs> All right, what is your favorite card from the set? You know, most people. Um, so so there's this. So I want to preface with a little bit of a story. I was blown story. away because at first <laughs> I did not realize why Coil picked this card. I was like, right. what in the world? So there is a guy over on Reddit, uh, and I don't have his username, and I apologize if you're listening. If you're listening, woo, we made it. Uh, so there's this guy over on Reddit that makes a post every single time a new standard set comes out, and it is. Uh, the Minotaur post, and he always talks about what new things did Minotaurs get in standard. No matter what the standard set is, you know there was a uh, I think when like Ixalan got released or something. It's like, well, there's a Planeswalker that probably is a Minotaur, and that's it. That's all we got out of Minotaurs. For me, 
whenever I look at a set, it's what did Shirei get in this set? So, so Shirei does what again? So Shirei Shizo's caretaker is a five CMC spirit from from Kamigawa. I don't actually know what block of Kamigawa it's from, but irrelevant. Uh, so Shirei says that whenever a creature you control dies, if it has power one or less, and Shirei is still on the battlefield at the end step, return that creature to the battlefield. So the creature that I picked as my favorite card is Acquisitions Expert. So this is one in a black and you get a human rogue that is a one, two. So it has just the right amount of power for Shirei. <laughs> uh, so Acquisitions Expert says when Acquisition Expert enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals a number of cards from their hand equal to the number of creatures in your party. You choose one of those cards. That player discards that card. So in Shirei, you don't play a lot of things um, that are going to increase your party size, but you're going to be recurring acquisitions expert on literally every single person's turn, stripping cards from your opponent's hands. Um, this is played in the degenerate version of Shirei, as I call it, and not the fun version of Shirei. Just for the record, the degenerate version is still fun for me. <laughs> um, but this is just an additional card. It's it's correctly costed at 2 CMC uh, for the curve in my Shirei deck. There are a lot of cards like this, like Noxious Toad, Corrupt Court Official. Um, there is... Uh, a Zubera, the mono black Zubera that also does that, um, that makes people discard cards. Um, so um, that's the relent or not relentless rats, but the burglar rat. So there's a lot of cards that are correctly costed at like one, two and three CMC that have this effect. Um, there are some clerics. I think the, the Zubera that I mentioned actually is a cleric, so it can, can increase your party size um, and maybe you can actually pick and choose particular cards. But I picked Acquisitions Expert because Shirei's getting better, baby. <laughs> I um, don't look forward to playing against it. It's been a minute, though. You haven't played that on stream too often. Not so that version of it. No, you've you've played the other value versions that plays the automaton that lets you draw cards and stuff. So. Oh, no, that one's in the degenerate version, too. It's too good of a card not to play. So it just needs to be in both. Yeah, no, it's a definitely in both. <laughs> Perfect. Now, we didn't, we didn't talk about a lot of the other um, good cards. So if you're wondering why we didn't talk about Forsaken Monument or Lithoform Engine or um, I know there's a uh, a Valakit wheel, self wheel mm -hmm. that they printed that mm -hmm. I really like. You know, we didn't get an opportunity to talk about all the cards that we absolutely love. So just know it's not that we don't love these cards. It's that we just like these cards more. We do just like these more. Um, and if you pre-ordered Zendikar Rising, you can pick up the product this weekend. I did, so I'm super excited to play with some new cards. Um, we're going to be playing a sealed pre-release on webcam this weekend. Um, I know... Um, I have a bunch of people who are already interested. We're going to do that on Sunday afternoon. So if you are interested, um, let me know. We would be happy to have you. Um, we, I'm also going to be streaming likely some drafts on Saturday if you want to come and hang out. And then after this tonight, you're probably not going to hear it because it's <laughs> tonight and you'll it'll be over. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. We're going to be streaming some of the Zendikar Rising early access events. So those videos will be up on YouTube tomorrow. Um, but if you want to play on Saturday on Arena, uh, let me know. Um, and I think that's it for this week. So thank you all for listening. If you want to contact us, you can find our podcast on Twitter at Guardian Pod. You can find me at AT Flory. And you can find me at Worm Coil Engine. And you can also email us at guardianprojectpod at gmail.com. We will talk talk to you. Talk, talk to you. Talk to you. Talk with you. Next week. Who knows? Online. Yeah, that's true. We'll talk with all of them online. Yeah, just come online. Talk to just us. Just 
Talk tweet to me. At me. Tweet at us. The tweets. The tweets.